Welcome to another episode of the Fuel Lift Thrive podcast. As always, I'm so honored and excited to be here for yet another episode. If you've been listening in for a while and you like the podcast and want more content like this, then I invite you to join my community group on Facebook, where you'll find like-minded women all on the same journey to become their strongest, fittest, healthiest selves whilst quitting the fads, the bullshit, and the excuses. And if at some point you've thought, wouldn't it be great to work with Alessia, then I invite you into my one-on-one weight loss coaching program, Metabolic Rebuild. The program is specifically for you if you're a woman over 30 who wants to quit the lifelong dieting, rebuild your slow metabolism from years of yo-yo diets, fads, and quick fixes that have never worked so you can lose fat without giving up your favorite foods and build a fitter, leaner, stronger body that you love and feel confident in. To apply, all you need to do is hit the link in the show notes or even head on over to my website at alessiadcoaching.com for more details. Now, on to the episode. Well, hello and welcome back. Guys, it's been so long since I recorded a podcast and I would like to first apologize to all of you because I kind of went missing for a while and I have no real explanation and I don't really have much to say about it except for I got busy with coaching, with my clients, with PT and everything else. I also moved house, but it just got too hectic and the podcast kind of takes a backseat and I really feel so bad about that, but I'm back on it and this week I'm excited to come back with some seriously good episodes and I must say I'm very confident about that. (laughs) So this week we're talking about the seven behaviors that you need to build before you actually go on a diet phase or before you start pursuing uh, fat loss and weight loss. And most people don't actually think about this when they go on a diet. They just go on a diet and, you know, they feel fluffy or they feel bloated or they feel like they've gained uh, a certain amount of weight over the holidays or just whenever. And they, they're like, okay, well, diet starts Monday and they start a diet. And what do they immediately do? They slash calories, they go on 1200 calorie diets, um, they do a fad or they cut out some food group like carbs or they go keto. That's usually what most people do. And it's actually the absolute worst way that you can go about it. And generally you might last for a week, maybe three or four weeks if you're even lucky and then you quit because it's unsustainable. And then you quit (laughs) and you go back to your old ways and it's a cycle. And this is the cycle that I help my clients break free from. But this week I wanted to actually go through seven actual behaviors and um, things that you need to put in place before you should do, uh, that you should go on a fat loss plan or a calorie deficit or slashing your calories for the pursuit of fat loss. And so just to reiterate and remind everybody, especially if you're new on here and you're you know new to listening to me, I want to make sure that I get things straight first. Like the only way to lose fat, guys, the only way to lose weight is to be in a calorie deficit. What is a calorie deficit? In very simple terms, it's 
a, a state that you eat less than you burn, meaning that you are um, eating less calories on purpose than you're burning and that your body needs so that your body burns its own body fat. That is what a calorie deficit is, okay? So most diets, they actually put you in a calorie deficit anyway because you don't realize it, but that's what's happening. Whether it's ketone, you're cutting out carbs, whether it's low carb, again, cutting out carbs, uh, whether it's going carnivore or doing some you know, other weird stuff like cut out certain foods, um, you know, no junk foods and clean eating, it all ends up being the same. It all brings you back down to being in a calorie deficit because you're eating less. Okay, even intermittent fasting, you're just eating less throughout the day and you're putting yourself in a calorie deficit. So that is what a calorie deficit is and that's the only way that you can lose fat. Now that we've gotten that aside, let's get into it. What are the seven behaviors that you need to build before that you diet, before you go on a, a fat loss phase so you can be successful long-term with your weight loss efforts? but also where you are successful enough that you don't put those pounds that you've lost or kilos that you've lost back on, okay? So that you're basically maintaining, okay? How do we do that? Well, we do that with behavior change and that's really like the hardest part, right? It's not, it's actually quite easy to lose fat. Like what, if you're in a calorie deficit and your body's responding well, you will lose fat. If you're in a calorie deficit long enough and you're patient and you stay the, stay the course, it's actually going to happen inevitably. If you don't eat uh, or if you eat less than you burn, eventually your body will lose body fat. But it's the behaviors that are difficult to stick to. It's the mindset. It's the, 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 the methods that you, that you take up on uh, to do a calorie deficit that are going to make or break it, basically. And so today I want to go through those seven behaviors. The first one, and this is the first and the most important behavior that you could start implementing behavior change is that you need to build a routine you have to build a routine and I'm talking more of a meal schedule and an eating routine because without eating in a routine things are gonna feel absolutely hectic you're gonna just give it up to chance and you're not going to be prepared, and then that is going to bite you in the butt when you're feeling hungry, when you've got cravings, when you're deep into a deficit, when you're three, four weeks into your diet, and you can't be freaking bothered to eat chicken and rice, okay? You're going to need a routine, and the only way to build a routine is to start with simple habits, and that is have breakfast, have lunch and have dinner, three main meals. That is, that's a routine, okay? And avoid snacking if you can, or at least have your your snacks planned. So whether it's a mid-morning snack or a mid-afternoon snack, that is the step that you need to take before you do anything else, before you start counting calories, before you start uh, cutting out food groups, and before you even start exercising. Like none of that stuff matters unless you have a routine.
unless you have a ritual of eating when your your scheduled meal times this is also going to help you with your appetite it's going to re-regulate your hormones it's going to help build a regular uh, routine with meals it's going to also help with blood sugar regulation and it's going to be the very first thing that you should be doing the second thing you should be doing is that you should keep a food journal okay this is going to help give you insights on your habits some people prefer to go dive they dive straight into using apps like my fitness pal or chronometer which essentially is a food diary in and of itself okay when you're tracking your your food whether it's in a on a piece of paper or when whether it's on an app it's still tracking something okay you're you're keeping record of your meals all right now why should you keep a food journal because you're going to be able to learn about your habits you're going to be able to see what it is that you're actually putting into your mouth every single day it's going to help you with awareness okay and awareness is absolutely key before you actually start making changes because if you go straight ahead and you know you start making changes cutting calories slashing calories um, you're not gonna know really what's working and what is not work what's working and what isn't working because you don't really know your starting point okay so Understanding your uh, habits and understanding what your body really needs and how much it needs and how your appetite is and what certain foods, how they make you feel, those kinds of things, that's really, really key to understanding your body's needs. And so keeping a food journal, it could be written or it could be in your notes of your phone or it could also simply be using an app. And you know what? The sooner you get used to tracking your food in an app, the easier it's going to be and you'll you'll actually end up uh, learning the process before you diet, okay? Because remember, we're talking seven behaviors before we diet. So if you do it now, by the time you get to the, the time where you're ready to do a calorie deficit, you're going to already be very familiar, you're going to be very comfortable, you know, tracking your food, measuring your food, using a food scale, entering into my fitness pal. It's just going to be second nature. So, you know, that's just a little tip there. If this, the earlier you start, the better. And it only takes a couple of days to get into the swing of things. And then you can start like copy pasting things because most people eat the same thing over and over, right? Okay, so that was number two. Number three is we're going to now, now we're going to start prioritizing protein, okay? Now, this, the, this behavior, okay, is so crucial, okay? Now, do you need to start focusing on a certain amount of grams or a certain target, not necessarily. We can actually keep things pretty simple initially, but prioritizing protein at all costs. So every single meal should center around protein. That means one or two servings per meal, okay, if you have three main meals a day, you've got breakfast, you've got lunch, you've got dinner, so that's two servings one to two depending on how active you are 
So start with one if you're not that active and if you're also, you know, if you struggle to eat protein. And then once you start getting more acquainted with different protein sources, then you can start adding more. And the easiest way to add more protein is just double up the portion. So if you're going to have chicken, just have two pieces of chicken rather than one. And um, this is going to really help you with satiety. It's going to re-regulate those hormones. It's going to help regulate your ghrelin and your leptin, which is your satiety and hunger hormones. And protein is going to be really crucial in preventing cravings. And it's so important that you, um, you don't go into a diet phase like filled to the brim with food cravings. And honestly, the best way to do that is to um, eat protein. That's the best way to do it. So I really, really want to emphasize this point and I can't emphasize, emphasize it enough. Protein is your best friend. Okay, so that was number three. Number four is to um, prioritize sleep. Now, this is something that most people don't even think about, okay? But when I coach my clients, okay, the first thing we do, well, not the first thing, but like one of the first things is we look at lifestyle, okay? Habits. What what do you do on a day-to-day basis outside of eating, okay? Because that's one thing, you know, that nutrition is one side that's important. Um, but what what what's your lifestyle like? How do you sleep? Do you get a good night's sleep? And why is this important before you diet? Because sleep is going to affect the way you um, show up, okay? Sleep is going to affect your recovery, how you recover after training, and how your body recovers with food. It also affects those two hormones that I just mentioned, leptin and ghrelin, okay? Leptin and ghrelin, it affects leptin because it actually suppresses leptin. And what does that do? When you don't sleep well, your leptin levels are suppressed. And leptin is responsible for satiety. It's, it's, it's the hormone that tells you, I'm full. I don't need any more food. So that's suppressed when you don't sleep much. And when you don't get a good night's sleep, ghrelin is increased, okay? Ghrelin is increased. And so ghrelin is responsible for hunger. And so you will feel more hungry and you won't feel satiated. So this is why it's incredibly important to prioritize sleep, okay? Because when you're in a diet phase, when you're in a fat loss phase and you're in a calorie deficit and you don't prioritize sleep and you go to bed late and you don't sleep well and you wake up feeling tired, you don't have a good night's sleep, you're you're sleeping less than six hours, eventually that's going to come and bite you in the ass, okay? It's going to help, it's going to really make it super difficult to stick to a calorie deficit because you're going to start getting more cravings. Usually it's going to be cravings for carbs and sugar and sweets and, you know, really, really high calorie dense foods because your body is, is in a state of lethargy and fatigue and it wants to feel like it's got more energy to get you through the day. So you're always going to be reaching for those quick uh, meals and quick fixes and pick-me-ups that are, you know, filled with sugar. And honestly, it's not that it's a bad thing, but it's going to be really hard to, you know, stick to a calorie deficit when that's all you're eating. Um, so sleep 
such a big one and most people actually ignore this and and they don't realize just how important it is and i honestly i i sometimes i look at some of my clients um before we head into a, a deficit like their sleep is just all jacked up you know it's so incredible how most people are functioning on such little sleep and they 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 have it's become a norm okay it's become something normal for them that they're 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 functioning in dysfunction, okay? Um, and honestly, it's it's so damaging over the long term. And so um, there's been, you know, lots and lots and lots of studies now showing this. And so let's prioritize sleep. Okay, so that was number four. Now number five, okay, number five is that you should at some point, okay, in this journey before you diet, have a regular strength training routine. And that is that you're going to the gym or training at home, wherever you feel more comfortable, regularly at least three to four times a week. Now I say three to four times, but if you're a complete beginner and you never step foot in the gym or you've never actually stuck to a program longer than a couple of weeks, then I would say start with a very small dose, which is called minimum effective dose. And it's the least that you can do for the best return on investment. So that simply means what can you do that's going to actually bring some, at least some level of, um, results but that you don't have to go ham like that you don't have to go crazy and that's twice a week if you can do twice a week honestly that's such a great start but if you can do three times a week that's short and sweet like you don't have to go to the gym and spend an hour and a half okay you can literally go 30 minutes 30 minutes three times a week strength training and incorporating some level of weights into your program if you don't know how to do that, I actually have a free guide that you can get in the show notes that has a six-week program for beginners. So head on over to the show notes if you want that free one, free uh, plan. But strength training, it's important to have a routine of fitness, of exercise, because that's going to build up your metabolism. It's going to help speed your metabolism up. It's going to help you build muscle, and muscle is a very costly um, energy, it has a very costly energy requirement, okay? So that means that it needs food to sustain, and that means it builds a stronger, healthier, faster, more flexible metabolism. And I'm going to go dive a lot deeper in metabolism in the next couple of episodes. But prioritize strength training, guys. Don't just go to the gym and, you know, walk for 30 minutes. No, walking is good. Not going to lie. Walking is good. But have some form of strength training routine that is regular. And get into the habit, okay? Get into the habit. Build that habit. And then you're ready to get into a, a calorie deficit. But if you've not got any habit like this, there's really no point in me throwing you in a diet phase. It's not gonna help. You're not gonna get anywhere if you are not exercising, you're not strength training, and all you're gonna do is just go straight into a diet. So, number six. If you struggle with the idea of counting calories, 
or, uh, you know, counting macros, that kind of stuff, okay? You don't need to do this, okay? I think a lot of people are under the impression that the only way to lose weight or lose fat is that you've got to count calories. You don't. You don't have to count calories to get results, but they do count. Calories do count, but do you have to count them? No. There are so many ways that you can actually get into a um, routine with your meals, understand maintenance calories, maintenance calorie intake, which is basically the amount of food that your body needs to maintain your current weight. It's easy to do this without an app. It's easy to do. It's just a question of using the plate method. Or in my case, what I do is the lean plate method in my coaching program. And that's simply dividing the plate in different sections for different macros. So half of the plate should be vegetables, a quarter of the plate should be carbs, and the other quarter of the plate should be your protein and one to two tablespoons of fat, okay? That's it. That's all you need to do. You don't need to carry your food scales. You don't need to, you know, measure your food. You don't need to do all of this stuff that is advanced, okay, if you haven't mastered just making a healthy plate, okay? So keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it at the beginning before you're, you're ready to go in a calorie deficit. You can think about doing calorie counting when you're in a calorie deficit, but for now, you want to build a behavior of eating well-balanced meals. And the only way you can do that is through building a balanced plate of all the macronutrients and nutritious foods, okay? And this is another reason why I really strongly suggest people do this before they go in a calorie deficit because I've coached clients in the past that are so used to counting calories and they have gotten very good at fitting macros, okay, or if it fits your macros. And that simply means that they kind of play Tetris with their calories. And so they find ways to incorporate foods and um, that as long as they fit their macros and fit the calories, then it's, it's game. And this is fine to a certain extent. If you want to, you know, incorporate some treats here and there, or you want to be flexible. This is what flexible dieting is, essentially. But here's the caveat, okay? If you are not eating healthy, nutritious, whole foods, like I just mentioned, in a plate where it's half of vegetables and a quarter of protein and a quarter of carbs and one to two tablespoons of fats, if you're not eating real whole foods, foods that are coming from the earth and meats and dairy and uh, eggs and, and chicken and vegetables and fruit, if you're not eating that and you're just, you know, your, your diet is kind of like all a mix of like quick snacks or protein bars and protein shakes and, um, you know, foods that aren't really that nutritious, as long as it fits your macros, you're not going to really be healthy. You're not, you might get to your goal, but you're not going to feel good in the process. Your recovery is going to be terrible. You're not going to have energy. Your skin's going to be shit. Your hair is going to be breaking. Your nails are going to break. Like your overall body is going to break down. And so this is where it fits your macros 
it doesn't work for me, okay? I prefer flexible dieting, and flexible dieting is simply knowing that your 80% of your, your diet should consist of, like, healthy, nutritious foods, and then you can add 20% um, of fun foods. And if you're in a diet phase, it should be a bit more towards 90-10, 90% whole foods, 10% fun foods. But if you're in maintenance, then you have a little bit more room, okay? So... Um, using the lean plate method and really just learning how to build a really healthy meal is so crucial. So that was number seven. Now, number, oh no, sorry, that was number six, okay? And finally, okay, the last one that I want to emphasize, the last behavior to build before you diet for successful long-term weight loss is to understand what it feels like to be in maintenance. What does that mean? It means several things. It means that you are feeding your body nutritious foods, okay? You're well-fed. You're eating enough calories to support your body's uh, processes. That means you're not eating low calories, you're not eating 1200 calories, um, and you're not binging either on weekends or when you're counting calories or you're, you know, trying to fit such a, a restrictive diet plan where you just, you put yourself through so much pain and so many rules and then you binge. No, that is not a good mindset. That is not a good mindset. We're breaking free from this mindset. We're not doing this anymore, okay? Remember, it's a lifestyle, and the only way to actually get results in a fat loss phase is if you build these behaviors. If you have good rituals and structure and behaviors and habits, because guess what? When you do go on a diet phase and you get your your you you know you get to your goal and you've lost the fat, how do you think you're going to maintain it? You're not going to be able to maintain it if you go back to your old ways. So I'm sorry to break it to you, but you're going to have to continue what you've been doing. You don't need to continue being in a calorie deficit forever because no calorie deficit is a temporary state for only when you need to lose a certain amount of fat, but you need to know what it feels like to be in maintenance. You need to know what it feels like to eat and nourish your body. You need to know what it feels like to have energy, to have energy to train. You need to know how to train really well and and push yourself with intensity in the gym, and you can't do that all the time if you're always dieting. So this is so crucial, and honestly, I get this a lot with a lot of clients that when they first join the Metabolic Rebuild program and we first assess you know, where they are and we do the first assessment week um, and we look at you know, how, much, how many calories they're eating and what, what their routine is like, they're really under eating and then they're overeating on the weekends. This is the most typical thing that happens and they're in this constant cycle and they just, they don't have routine and structure. And so when I tell them that they have to eat this certain amount for their body, they're shocked. They're like, what? I have to eat all of this food? And I'm like, yeah, this is what a normal woman in her thirties 
and 40s who's busy, who's running a, a company, who's working eight, nine hours a day, who's got kids, who's running a family, who's living life, training, active, should be eating, okay? No woman can survive on 800 calories. It's ridiculous. So they're, they're, they're just shocked. They're just shocked. And so um, it just shows how bad what how bad we are right now with diet culture that we think that we need to eat as little as possible and um yeah but then on the other end of the spectrum there's also the fact that we are eating too much food and we do eat more than we think we eat and we do move less than we think we move and that causes weight gain so i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna sit here and say that oh you know, everyone's under eating. No, it's not the case because if you're overweight, it's likely that you're not under eating, that you're overeating, but you're doing it without routine. And so that's why you don't understand what's going on. And that's why you think, oh, oh it's, uh, it, it's because of sugar or it's my hormones or I'm not losing weight because I should eat less, uh, you know, after four o'clock. Like you come up with all these weird reasons, you know, like, oh, I should avoid fruit because fruit makes me fat. Like you come up with all these excuses and cop-outs that it's just another way of avoiding responsibility. So in essence, what I'm trying to say here is that the reason why you need to build these seven behaviors before you go on a diet phase for long-term long successful weight loss is because if you don't build these routines and if you don't have these habits in place and behaviors in place, when you stop your diet phase, you won't be able to sustain your results. You're, you're going to gain it back. And this is why people gain back the weight that they've lost with interest, because they don't spend time building their routines and habits. They just go on meal plans. They just go on fat diets and they don't get anywhere. So you have to spend this time and whether it takes three months, whether it takes six months, whether it takes a year for you to build these behaviors, I can guarantee you that it is going to pay off. You are going to come back to me and you're going to be like, you were right, Alessia. I had to build this because this is essentially what it means to make it a lifestyle. So um, that's basically it, guys. Okay. Seven behaviors, build a routine. Get those habits in place. Um, get some get some structure to your meals. Okay, um, learn how to build a a healthy, balanced plate. Um, prioritize sleep. Okay, I've said um like three times. <laughs> prioritize sleep. Prioritize protein. Keep a food journal. Learn about your habits, and of course, get the the. Get with the program. Stop being afraid of being in maintenance, okay? Spend some time in maintenance learning about nutrition. So you don't binge. So you don't keep getting stuck over and over again. Okay, so I hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode. And as always, you can find more about what I do on my website at alessiadecoaching.com. And if you enjoyed this week's episode and you found it helpful, um, hopefully you can walk away with some new strategies to work with. And if you 
would be so kind that if you really loved the episode and you love the podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes, share this episode with a friend, or even share it on your social media by taking a screenshot and tagging me on Instagram at Alessia D Coaching so we can help reach more people and change the way women do health and fitness. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.